This is Hyperborean Radio, and welcome to our super secret broadcast. Don't forget to share us around, because uh, that's why we're super secret. All right, so this is Celtic God speaking, and with me today is the Lord Keeper. How are you doing? I am doing well, and I also think that today's topic is going to be there's a reason that this section is called Hyperborean Uncensored and why we tend to put these up on Anchor. Because we're going to get into a rather unsusan-like topic. So this could not go up on YouTube. Right, and since he's still being super secret, I will spoil the secret. In general, what we're going to be talking about today, if you haven't noticed by the by the title of it, is the new religion. The, the new religion... Multiple that's popping up everywhere, and they're they're religions because they basically have the same structure. Don't question, do as I say. Um, um, believe, believe, just believe. Well, yes, and this actually ties into other things we've talked about because they, I've talked about this before. The concept of surrogate mythology, how in our literature and our basically anything that tells a story. We build, we create surrogate archetypes and figures to serve the same role as our deities and heroes. You see this with Doctor Who, you see this with Lord of the Rings, you see this with all these different things. And that's part of the reason they've hijacked them, is we already have a built-in emotional response to them. It's the same reason that they just tack a saint in front of Brigid so they can abscond with her. They're, this new religion, the secular religion, uh, scientism, wokeism, whatever you want to call it, it is the current most popular religion in the country of the United States and most likely all of the West. I don't know how prevalent it is in Europe, but from what I can tell, it seems like it's about as bad, if not worse. Right. And this is going to tie into another show that we're going to have, which we think that we think, assuming that we can control ourselves, we can actually put on YouTube, which also involves a slave mentality. Everybody talks about going free yet. Almost nobody is because they're failing to ask questions. They're failing to, to think for themselves. They're failing to stand up. They're failing to reject what is pushed upon them. They're told to believe. So they do believe even if privately deep down inside, they say no. And one of these uh, examples, for instance, would be modern media, the news. There's been studies done show that almost nobody in America believes the news. And yet, they watch the news. They listen to the news. They repeat the news as if it's dogma. Well, and it ties into other things. Like, uh, we actually said this a while ago that these masks were going to turn into secular Sharia. And everyone was like, no, it won't do that. And, well, what is it now? It's effectively mandated by government. It's mandated by social pressure. You get verbally, if not physically, attacked for not complying with the rules. And here's the biggest thing is, even if it's not literally tied into Islamic hijabs and whatever, it's still effectively a form of secular dress wear that is being mandated, even though it's been proven to do jack all. Well, and while this was still in, um, in China, the COVID-19 thing was still in China, I was told I was crazy because I said this is the excuse that they need. They're the 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 disease itself not really a problem. 
The problem is what's what the government's going to do with it and the religious zealots that's going to follow it and allow it. They're going to shut down the countries. They're most likely most likely going to lock everybody up. I mean, the mask mandate kind of caught me by surprise, but it's so obvious. I should have saw that actually coming. Once it started coming, I'm like, secular Sharia, because notice nobody's calling for Sharia anymore, while all the way up to that point they were. But the the government lockdowns, I said, they're, they're going to come up with a vaccine for it, and then they're going to make everybody take it. It's just going to become law. They're going to end up doing passports and not just the way that they used to do them, but the way that they're starting to do them now. I called all this while it was still in China, and I was told that was just insane. But what it is is I understand our people. I understand other people, so people of other racial groups. I understand governmental and the, the power structures. Like this is, this is the excuse that they need. Here it comes. Oh, no, no, no. You're just insane. Nobody will put up with that. Well, for example, the Patriot Act. That was only supposed to be temporary. The FBI was only supposed to be temporary. The CIA was only supposed to be temporary. Look how that turned out. IRS. IRS. It's a whole freaking thing. And it's freaking stupid. And we all can see it. And it's been happening. They use the exact same tactics that they've used for communism, that they've used for Islam, that they've used for Christianity. All these... Because communism is effectively just the the state... And maybe a cult of personality like they had with Mao. But the they go after the women first. And you can see this with like the SJWs. First they corrupt and convert the women. And then the women get the weak men. And then some of the stronger men and are, but vilified. are vilified. And some of the stronger men at least visibly, if not emotionally, are absconded with. And then they start teaching the children. And what do they have now? The women are teaching their male and female children this new religion. This is the new religion. It, it, it is about as supported as any other Abrahamic faith. They ignore any experts that disagree with them. So it's not even that the experts and the scholars and the scientists and whatnot are priests. It's there's the pre the quote unquote priests of the new religion. And there's the actual scientists, the actual experts. Well, and on top of it, they also really reinforce the, the notion of universalism. And they're going to actually do it in a really weird way. Uh, everybody's the same except for everybody's different. So we have to separate everybody, but everybody is still treated the same way because everybody's the same except for these few exceptions who are also the same. It's the weirdest thing that they do, and people gobble it up because people's been trained to think that way. It's it's the religious mindset, which is also linked into this slave mindset. And there's there's something the Lord Keeper has up on the screen, which because there's some people are they're sitting there going, I, I don't get it. What's this got to do with paganism or a bio spirit or religion at all um you guys are talking about politics but there, there's somebody that um there's a post that he pulled up on a screen and it breaks it down in terms directly correlates it to what most people can think of as religion would you read that for us yes and this is by zuby music i don't follow him someone else posted him i don't even know who this guy is but he makes a, ver- a black guy but i don't care probably well 
oddly enough, they tend to be really into conspiracy theories. But this is his actual post. We've witnessed the birth of a new secular religion. COVID-19 is the devil. Government is God. Scientists and experts are high priests. Master magical talismans. Vaccination is baptism. Challenging the dogma is blasphemy. Thou shalt follow the science or be punished. He forgot one big thing. Whiteness is original sin. Right. Well, and he forgot that because uh, from his profile pic, I'm guessing he's not. So he probably hasn't noticed. But yes, and, and this can be applied across the board in so many different ways. And here's the thing is from the time that we're born, we are taught the slave mentality, whether whether it's because you're you're dragged to church and you had to sit through Sunday school and those boring sermons and you probably grew up in that. And oh, the church means community because there's people physically here, even though you didn't know, but two or three people in your entire congregation and most of you guys hated each other, but you're taught that this is community. So therefore community go to church to have a community. Yeah. Well, it's the same argument people use it, You got to go to public school or how will you be socialized? Kids were socialized just fine before public school for quite a while. People it's nothing new. In fact, the public school system is the abnormality. It's modeled off of what is commonly known as the, what was it, the Roman or the Greek slave education system? Is the Roman public education system. So it's called basically the same thing that we have now, except for it was geared towards the Roman public, which is of the lower economic standard or, or however it is that you want to read it. It depends on how it's translated. But it was the Roman public education system, much like the public education system. And who went there? The lower classes. And it was geared specifically to encourage that mindset to keep them where they are. How many people in school, for instance, was taught to ask a question? You was taught to raise your hand and ask a specific question that had a specific answer that only had to do with what the teacher was asking and it the answer better not be contradictory to what the teacher is talking about. Like for instance, in school, I was taught all humans descend from some magical ape beast that came out of Africa. And I raised my hand and I said, why did, why did science decide that's the way that comes? What proof is there? And then I set the rest of the class in the hallway I don't know if anybody else out there has had that experience or something similar, but you do not ask contrarian questions in school. You, you can simply ask for the proof. Well, what proof is there? Well, they found some, some skeletons. Okay, that's, that's cool. Have they found any skeletons anywhere else? Nope. Okay, that's cool. Um, how do they know that they're human bones? Because what you're showing me is bone charts. Go sit the rest of the class in the hallway. Well, and that's the whole thing. There's actually a good joke of this on The Simpsons where the teachers lose their uh, teachers editions of like the workbooks with all the answers and they have like a freak out <laughs> because they don't know the answers either. They're just teaching from a book. I mean, it used to be if you wanted to learn something, you went to someone that actually did the thing. And honestly, I think, okay, there's a, you have a right to be a, a difference of opinion. But apprenticeships and just learning the basics from your parents worked way better. And it's not that, yes, you wouldn't have access to certain things. But, I mean, just look around. 
I mean, and everybody knows that once you're in high school, none of it matters. You you instinctively know you were not going to be using Algebra 2 in your day-to-day life. And they don't really teach several things very well. Like American history, it's like when you take that class in high school, for me, it was like, they gloss over World War One so quickly, you, they may as well not have even covered it, and then it just, in your memory, gets smushed into World War Two. They pretty much just leave the whole in-between gone, and then they over-focus on the Civil War and slavery bad and bad white people. You oppress the poor black people, and then World War Two is Nazi, Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. Well, and a lot of times, too, they mash these two sections so close in the book that there are people running around today that believe that believe that the North fought Nazis in the South. Uh, f- so the Confederacy was Nazis um, that had enslaved all the, the peoples of color of the world. And that's who the North fought and all the Nazis were white and uh, the, uh, or, and then by proximity, because of other things that they're taught, all white people owned slaves, so therefore, all the people of color defeated the Nazis during the Confederate War. Uh, yeah, this, during the Civil War, who were Confederates who had enslaved all the peoples of color. But then there's the people of color that fought the white people who were the Nazis in World War II during the Civil War. And I've talked to people like this. Well, my favorite, I was always confused about this in high school, is if the Nazis were so racist, why the frick were they the only group with a prominent ally who was non-white? That always confused me as a kid. And then the more you learn, it's like, uh, something's not adding up here. And as a kid, I was smart enough to understand this whole Dark Lord shit. Because whenever someone, they try to paint a human being as pure evil, freaking Jeffrey Dahmer wasn't pure evil. He was just fucking sick in the head. It was just insane, that's all. Yeah, insane. Not evil, insane. Doesn't mean he didn't do fucked up shit. But my point being is whenever someone has tried to be painted as pure evil, what they're doing is they're appealing to that good and evil dynamic. Which is taught at a very young age. Yeah, it's the slave mentality spawning from Christianity, spawning from Islam, spawning from secular. And that's, he brought up this trust the science. That's like the major thing, even though the people that trust the science don't look into the science. One of my favorite things is scientists agree, academics agree, scholars agree, until you talk to the scientists, academics, or scholars, and then none of them agree. My favorite is, this is part of the reason I tend to read more than one book on a subject at a time, because the authors end up disproving each other. So you actually end up with one, instead of getting preconceived notions from one book, they cancel out each other's bullshit. It's hilarious. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I get so aggravated when someone tries to say, well, you're the one going after something all these academics agree on. And I'm like, no, I'm not. What academics are you talking about? Some asshole on YouTube is not an academic. And I know that's kind of rich coming from me, (laughs) but I never claim to be an academic. Um, I just claim to be a guy that actually cares a lot and looks into this stuff. The lore keeper, as my friends call me. But this is why this is so important, is because people are are framing it as paganism versus Christianity. Christianity, we, we've actually gone over this in a stream before, 
it is at a very low power level at the moment. Right. Let me just interject here for a moment. It's not paganism versus Christianity. It's ethnic faith versus universalism. Because universalism has many, many faces, and there are many ethnicities. And that's what the war actually is. It's not against Christianity. It's not against science. It's not against um, SJWs. It's not against Islam. It's not against Hinduism. It is against universalism, period. And it's all of the ethnic people, uh, every eth ethnicity, Hyperboreans. Uh, uh, there's various versions of Asians that are fighting it. Various versions of South Pacific and South American and North American. We're all fighting the same fight. It's ethnic versus universalist. Period. Well, and to add to that, all the universalist faiths have the same meth method. We are right. Just listen to us. Don't worry about it. You don't don't question. don't question. Just be a, just live in comfort and do what we say. You don't really have to do anything else. Because like it's something that I've actually been wondering a lot lately is what is the draw of Jesus? And the only thing me and CG can come up with is it's comfortable, it's familiar, and it gives you the illusion that you're doing something. Because from my perspective, I cannot understand the draw of this deity who is at best a solar love god of the Jews. So I'm confused on a number of levels there. Um. But this new secular religion, it is the most powerful religion currently in the West. With a close second uh, on the world stage, I'd argue, being Islam. Not Christianity, Islam. Because Christianity, one of the reasons it has to lash out so much right now is because it's so weak. Well, and you can tell one of, one of the major arguments that all forms of universalism has is... Listen, don't question, and believe. Most importantly, believe. That's why they call it faith. That's why they call it belief. I'm sure we've all heard this. And currently now, oh, you have to believe in the vaccine. What, you don't believe in the other va va vaccines? Oh, you don't believe that the, co the government has your best interests at heart? Oh, you don't believe believe is out there strong hard and in force and coming at us from so many different directions well and it's because belief is a more uh, i guess i could say primal conception of things but what they're doing is they're trying to convert the populace to this church of woke that's what it is that's why they got the women first and then the women when it was low key, they would get a bit better men. And now they're at the point where this is the weirdest thing is. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this was one of the Olympic athletes from America. He dressed in what I can only describe as a faglet outfit for the Olympic closing ceremony. And he argued that he's just going against the concept of biblical masculinity, which confused the ever loving fuck out of me because masculinity on a pagan stance, like an ethnic faith for Europeans is a far starker and even more powerful masculinity in comparison to Christianity. Just because it's not biblical does not mean that we were running around in draping stuff and wearing a tiara and having a, a faggish haircut, which is basically what that dude was doing. Yeah. Uh, 
saying that you're not following ma uh, this kind of masculinity, I've got some news for you. The At least for whites, the concept of dressing like a woman has never been masculine. Never. And I don't mean that we didn't have kilts or stuff like that. There's a very big difference between a ball gown or a woman's flowing dress and a kilt or a men's tunic. These are very different things. And as a result, you have these situations because we're not the only people I'm guessing who have noticed the large amount of beanpole, skinny, tiny men and just obese women. Like she ate her last husband and then has been eating most of her current husband's food. This is not normal. This is not healthy, but it's becoming the new normal. Because why are you shaming? And how dare you question it? How dare you question it? How dare you with your toxic masculinity tell a woman that big isn't beautiful? And this is the way that society is going. And it's not just a societal change. This is a new religion. It's the same reason, way that like Christianity and all this crap showed up. Your prophets are just Greta Thunberg now. Well, another thing that most of them, most actually so far as I can tell, all universalists, and, and I'm sure that there's probably one exception to the rule, but they're all like, you are perfect the way that you are. All you have to do is accept insert message into your heart all you have to do is ask insert message for forgiveness and you are perfect as you are what is it that at least our ethnic faith says pick yourself up and do better be great lead the way show develop your strength so that you can share it with everybody else so that they can see that they can develop strength too. develop your courage so you can share it with everybody around you so that they can see that they can be courageous too. develop your wisdom. We're constantly uh, ethnic faith, at least of the Hyperborean people says, do better. Yeah, you're probably all right, but do better. And this is because it's how it is. We strive to be better. We strive for glory. We strive for noble purposes. We strive to be the best father, the best farmer, the best warrior, the best bard. We strive for that. That is what we do. This, this, it, like you and I were actually talking about this. Uh, all these things that are really corrupted now, like what do you do for a living? Or uh, brands, all these things, they're really corrupted now because now it's like, tch, you don't make 6K salary working on Wall Street. Who even are you? Well, 6K ain't that much anymore. Oh, true. You mean 60K or 600? Oh, I meant a six-figure salary, I think uh, is what I was go. trying to say. But you don't make that much? Pfft, peasant. Yeah. And it used to be because you used to dress in a uniform. You were a baker. You were a carpenter. You were this. You were that. And I'm not saying that was necessarily the best thing. But it was the level of devotion because we are a people of extremes. Like we've always been jacks of all trades, but we were a master of one and we took great pride in being a master of one. That's why so many last names are just straight up professions. Smith being a big one. Mm -hmm. And that's something that for some reason it, it's 
hard to truly fathom for some people, I think. The idea that your profession could actually mean that much to you. Because most people, what are they doing? They're working in cafes. They're working as waitresses. They're, they're working a job that means nothing to them. And in many cases, can't even sustain them. Well, or in some cases, it does actually mean something to them. Because I've actually met waitresses that was like, I am the best waitress. I do everything I can because I take pride in my job. I do... Everybody tells me I am the best waitress that they that they've encountered. Um, I I do everything that I can to do waitressy stuff the best, but then they can't support themselves on it, which is actually a shame because once upon a time, a waitress of that kind of standard could have went to any restaurant and demanded a wage because there would have actually been a community around it that would have said yes. This woman, um, whatever her name is, is the best waitress. Man, she is quick. She is efficient. She is friendly. She remembers who ordered what, where, when, why, how, and their names. She is amazing. And because of the community, her name would have went around. She would have became a brand herself. However, with the lack of community and with the insertion of corporation, um, yeah, that ideal goes away and at one point she would have been able to go somewhere and actually demand a wage well and yeah like you bring up that these jobs used to have a, a lot of respect for instance uh what was it uh working at a store used to be a respected profession because you had the potential to work up to manage the store which was a actually a job of prestige at one point now it's like Oh, that's all you do. And meanwhile, there the the person saying that works a job that pays half as much in an office building where they just push papers, but because it's an office job, it automatically has more prestige. Why? Right. And then you might be thinking to yourself, "Oh, well, these guys they kind of went off the uh went off the reservation and now they're talking about this other stuff." Absolutely not. Because money itself is a religion now. There are ranks, not just of the money, but of the jobs. So you could be a carpenter, for instance, but not any old carpenter. You're just a a uh, a house framer. Um, that's boxing. I don't know what what it's actually called, but you just box in houses. So you you put up the shape of the house, and then you move on, and you might make six figures a year compared to the. Uh, office worker who makes low five figure a year, you are scum. I don't know why this happened, but that's the way that it is. So there is religion involved in this money making. It is not just the money. It's how do you make the money? Well, and on top of that, it's effectively a caste system, a modern day caste system, which is part of the reason I speak against caste systems and the nonsensical way people tend to view them in Europe. They weren't there, not the way you think. But it's because, like, even it used to be if you became successful in the United States, and this, again, is a broad generalization, you at least had to have done something. You at least have to have some level of vision. You could be a pretty big dirtbag because those guys got successful too. 
you know, your, your Walt Disney's, your Edison's, your Ford's. I mean, a lot of these people were giant assholes, but they at least had a vision. They at least accomplished something. They put their own nose to the grindstone supposedly and did that. But there's this dearth of vision and the fact that almost all of the people that are successful now that are fairly wealthy are performing jobs that literally could easily be replaced. And if you don't believe me, some of them have died and been replaced. Like, look at Steve Jobs. People still buy Apple. And it's, they're not visionaries. They're not building anything. Not really. Well, and this isn't a whole bash on rich people thing either. It's it's actually got to do with branding. Because there's some people that think that they're free because they just rail against any brand. They It doesn't matter. It can be Nike. It can be... Timberlands, uh, it can be Disney, it can be LG. They absolutely hate brands. And so therefore, they've gone free. They see through it, except for they don't. Why? Because they're still loyal to brands. Why? Because that's within our nature. But why is it within our nature? Well, back once upon a time, if you made... Well, there's even swords and armors they're named after people because it was their brand. The guy that made it was the brand. So Maximilian, most people that are into um, historic armor, they've heard of Maximilian armor. If you haven't, look it up real quick. Guess what the Smith's name was? Oh yeah, that's right, Maximilian. So why was Maximilian armor so expensive even during the time? Because it was made by him. He put his name on everything that he made. So everybody knew the brand. They knew who made the armor. So they knew who to go to. To get that excellent armor. It's brand recognition. Uthbert Swords. Guess who they was made by. And I'm pro- I know I'm slaughtering the name. Ulfbert uh, is how it's spelled. At least in English. Um, and, but I know that's not how it's said. Guess what the Smith's name was. I'll give you three guesses, and if you get it wrong, just turn this off and go drown yourself or something. Well, and it's it's because of our importance of reputation. This is why your word used to have power. People bring it up all the time, words have power. They do, but only if you're willing to back it up, and so few people back it up anymore, especially on the internet. Uh, people basically put on a, a show, and... Like, for instance, I, we, you and I were joking about swords and, you know, oh, hey, great hero here. This sword is one of my best. Take it with you while you slay the dragon. Three weeks later, sign out front. Maker of the great hero's sword. Or if you want one, commissions are six months notice. Mm-hmm. It, it's, um, it's a whole thing. And it's I'm not saying you should forgive the horribleness that many brands have done in recent years. No, By no means. That's why it's because it used to mean something like Disney, for instance, as much as I even despise it now, if you look at its early work, there's a reason it had such a positive connotation for so long or Ford, even though the guy was a dirt bag, more or less it, he, he basically made the assembly line of thing. He put out the model T Edison giant asshole. We have light bulbs now. He may not have invented them, 
but he certainly got he them out, out there. Yeah, which is also important. People are drawn to brands because they are supposed to mean the reputation. They are a collective name. And this is part of the problem. This is where you get nonsense like corporations are people too. Right. And on that note, I'm going to say that's why it's important. But Because you can make the world's bestest thing, but if nobody knows that it's there, if you can't produce it, it doesn't exist. So that's why we need you, the listener, to share us around. Because Hyperborean Radio, it's a brand. It is a brand. I am named neither Hyperborean nor Radio, nor is the Lorekeeper, nor are you, I'm sure. So it's it's a brand, and it needs shared around. And that's just the way that it is. We managed to resist because we've already had offers. Um, it was under a different incarnation, but we've had offers basically to sell out. And it's not that if somebody came to us with a buttload of money and said, hey, you guys keep doing exactly what you're doing. I just want to give you guys the money to get out there so everybody in the world can hear your wondrous message and I'm going to stay the fuck out of it. Of course we would take the money. The reason that we resisted the money before was they was like, well, you can keep doing what you're doing, but you know, I want people to know that I'm sitting at the top. I want people to come to me. I want my word to mean something. And yeah, at that point we just said, yeah, fuck you. No, keep moving. We don't need it that much because there's good people that listen to us and they will share us around. Well, and that springs to one of the big things, integrity. And most of these companies, they don't have integrity anymore. Most of these brands, they don't have integrity anymore. And it's not that you can't get big and have integrity. It's just no. harder. Well, and it's hard to stay that way because especially if it's not a family business, which it's already hard enough getting one of your descendants to maintain the integrity, let alone just a corporate executive taking your position. And I understand you have to be able to pay your employees. True. But the company's not going to exist if you lose all of your positivity. And to tie this back into the new religion, like I said at the beginning, these surrogate mythologies that are that are owned, unfortunately, by corporations like Disney, by corporations like Warner Brothers, by these different corporations that push the ideology because, unfortunately, the closest thing we have to the oral tradition of our people right now, because many people can't don't read very often, either because they don't have time, which is understandable uh, with how things work these days, or they just can't or don't the movies are the closest thing we have to an oral tradition so what do they do they go after the movies they go after the tv shows they go after the youtubes and they intentionally corrupt the stories that already exist doctor who star trek star wars they're going after lord of the rings next and that's going to be a travesty right and basically they're moving their religion into entertainment in that case However, it's also been moved into education. And one of the things, it, I think it was disastrous for our people because we fucking bought into it. Speed reading. Well, your time is valuable. Let me teach you how to read faster. Speed reading is a viable way to learn how to do reading, of which is very, very fast. What you do is you read every third fucking word really fast and you kind of skim skim the in between two and you'll understand exactly what is being written no you don't 
This has also translated over to, and I understand why some people do it. However, you can't fully grasp everything that's being said when these people listen to, to stuff on two times, two times speed, one and a half times speed. You have to listen to it at one for one speed to understand the entirety of what is being communicated because I've, I've listened to videos on one and a half speed, two times speed. Um, some platforms let you go up to two and a half times speed and I've listened to them on that. And yes, I can hear every word, but what I end up missing is tone of voice. Tone of voice matters. Even, even though if you're, I believe these podcasts have to be listened on one-to-one, there might be podcast platforms like speed it up. I don't know. Probably. But even, even you hearing my tone of voice, you're still missing a lot of stuff. You're missing me talking with my hands right now. You're missing my facial expressions. You're missing the set of my shoulders, how I'm leaning forward sometimes. You're missing the intensity with which words are, the full intensity with which the message is being spoken. Or you're missing the glint in the eye as I'm being mischievous. So don't rush through things. And here's the thing. People, people speed read. They'll, they'll go through the uh, page and spend like five seconds reading one full page of script. You didn't read it. You skimmed it. You caught hardly any of it going at that speed. Or listening to watching videos at two times, two times speed. You're skimming the video. You're not that busy that you can't spend 10 minutes watching a 10 minute video. If a video, if you're learning how to do carpentry and the video is two hours long, I understand skipping through the parts where he's not talking, like maybe fast forwarding until they're talking and it's just facing a wall because the guy had to go get tools. I understand fast forwarding through that, but as soon as he starts talking again, slow it back down, listen to what he's saying, and you'll actually learn something, even if you can't do it all at one shot. Well, I don't have time to sit down, listen to a, watch a whole two-hour video on how to build cabinets well that's fine you got 45 minutes at a pop watch 45 minutes go do the thing that you got to do come back watch the next 45 minutes and then go do what it is that you got to do might be two three days later you come back and you spend a full half hour watching the end of it so you can understand how to build a fucking cabinet rushing through it you know what you get you don't get a cabinet you get scrap wood Yep. And if you want to know how to get scrap wood, it's really not that hard. But, um, and the reason that this is so important is because the framework that people are operating under, it's not, first of all, every universalist religion pushes the slave mentality. That That's the way it does. It always goes out. These always go after the poor, the downtrodden, or the people that think they're poor and downtrodden in some cases, they go after the women and they then use all of these to influence more positions of power. In early Christianity, they went after the wives of powerful men and then they would convert the kids and then they would use the husband's position to either convert him and therefore he would rule as a Christian or, or, his, children. or his children would or he would just allow Christian things to happen to appease his wife. And this is how a lot of this got started. 
I'm not blaming the female sex. I'm merely stating that they are using the same tactics this time around. They're using you, ladies. They're using you like a dirty rag. Essentially. And you can see it. In the same way that a new convert to a religion will start to wear, you know, and this is actually very true, is new converts to a religion are typically more zealous than those that were raised in it. Well, it's because they have to. To prove that they, they mean business. Like if you're a Christian, you start wearing all the jewelry. You go to all the masses you can. You pray. You decorate your house. You got the saints everywhere. Because they not only want to or need to, but they, they want to. They have to believe it. Yes. It, it's a, they have to. They want to. Even though I still find it funny that that old lady prayed to freaking uh, Elrond. That was amazing. And another one prayed to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Note to self, all saints are our dudes in robes. <laughs> um, but the um, uh, that notwithstanding, uh, the whole thing with this new religion is they're doing the same thing. Women and men that convert to this, their haircut, their style of dress, their manner of speech, their beliefs, their tribal signifiers are all a part of this religion. That is the extremist, what they do. And just like any religion, as it's picking up speed, it has the more zealous members that are more upfront. And then you have the secondary members, which are either second generation or people that are just around the other people enough that they've tacitly picked up the same beliefs, even if they don't have the same tribal signifiers. Well, and uh, another thing that all these universalist beliefs have, including science, it doesn't matter what the universalist religion is. There's things that you have to do. You have to um, wear this mask. You have to carry around this, this card, this green card saying that you are a member of the church. You have to advocate for the science. You have to stand in line. You have to, you have to, you have to for an ethnic faith, which is, this is something that we've been trying to get people to understand for the longest time to embrace ethnic faith. Are there things that you have to do? Yes, but there is natural to you as breathing. So basically what you have to have to do is stop doing the extra steps. That's pretty much it. Just stop doing the extra steps. Start asking real questions. We are, by our nature, very inquisitive. We are very curious. We are very forward. We are very bold. Stop holding yourself back. Start asking the questions. Because the, the active part isn't the asking the question. It's the talking yourself out of asking the question. And asking good questions. Ask those uncomfortable questions. Those questions that challenge whatever it is that they're trying to get you to believe and feel free to do that to us too. But don't ask the questions just to be contrarian. Ask the questions because you actually want to know the answer. It's not about proving somebody wrong. It's about getting down to what is the truth. It's something that we've been chasing forever. And it's part of the draw of these universalist religions, regardless of what it's called is because we offer you the truth. All you have to do is sit in our pews, whether it's in a church, a mosque, a, I don't know what the Jewish things are called, synagogue. but synagogues, um, because some white people um, 
what's that called when they go to a religion? Convert. Convert, convert to Judaism. Um, sit in our, our public school chairs. Sit in our courtroom jury boxes. Sit in the pew in front of the news. And listen to us tell you the truth. What we try to do is offer more questions than we do answers. Yes, because here's the thing. Dogma and doctrine and all these things that people like so, seem to like so much or want, if they're actually enforced to the severity, it tends to force people away. Because like you just brought up conversion to Judaism. I had a uh, professor of Russian lit in college. And he wore a yarmulke. And he actually, and I found out that he was actually raised really, really Christian. And he actually, he even admits in class that the reason he converted to Judaism was to get as far away from the Christian family as possible. Like he did not like growing up Christian. So he converted in his eyes, I guess, to the next best thing. He was really old. So I'm guessing Islam wasn't an acceptable option at the time. Right. And see, the thing is, is he didn't even change. He didn't wake up. All he did was change seats. He stayed in the pews. He just moved from one side of the pew to the other side of the pew. He never actually left the church. He didn't leave the universalism. It, it, nothing changed about him. And that, that's something I've noticed with people that are trying to wake up. And they will tell me, I've woken up. I've gone free because I see through the crap. And then I still say all the same crap except for, you know, this line or this line, which was taught to me to say. Well, there's versions of Christianity and I actually, and I knew this, but I got into a whole discussion with this at, at work with uh, someone who's very Baptist. And he was telling me that a lot of churches will actually focus almost exclusively or with extreme uh, pr preference on the Old Testament. At that point, you're just doing Judaism. So like my teacher that I just talked about, he was probably in one of those churches that hyper-focuses on the Old Testament. So switching to Judaism to him was nothing. It's literally doing the same religion. Except for now he has to wear a hat. You know, pretty much that's it. And I, I've noticed a, a lot of people are, are trying to wake up, trying to grab a hold of their ethnic faith. They still want to cling to these superficial rituals, these superficial um, um, ceremonies, all the superficial stuff that says, I am this thing. Put it all down. Put, put it all down. It doesn't mean that you can't pick it back up. Put it all down until you can identify who you are as a person and you can identify the traits of our race, such as us being courageous. How can you look at somebody doing something that you even disagree with and say, yeah, I can, I, I can see that. That's, even though I disagree with what they're doing, what they're, what they're actually doing is trying to show their courage. They're trying to show their strength. They're trying to be wise. They're doing it in the dumbest way possible, but they're trying. They're, they want to be the good person. They even possibly think that they're the good person. It's fucked up what they're doing, but that's why until you can just set it all down, set it all down until you can do this thing and then start building yourself back up. Don't necessarily run off because I know, uh, well, there's so many things that we want to talk about really, but uh, what's, what's that called? The silly thing that people do with uh, cards and bones and 
that then they cast dominoes and they pretend that they can read the future divination divination i believe some people can but the ones that can you'll probably never actually know because um why would they tell you i mean really why would they because it's just going to cause them more problems than than it cures um yeah yeah we don't have to do these things can can you play with it sure but do you have to no well it's like i've told people before i i never argue that divination i never argue that shamanic traveling is not a part of paganism but in the same way that war is a part of paganism not everyone will go to war not everyone will be a warrior not even everyone will be a fighter this is not something everyone does. It's paganism is ex, an ethnic faith is extremely multifaceted. There's aspects of lore that only people that are sailors will learn. There's aspects of lore that only weavers will learn. And this is something a lot of people just don't realize. So if you actually say have the ability to do divination, good for you. But for most people, it's like using a Ouija board. Could you be contacting a ghost? Sure. Are you? Who knows? And the one thing I've seen in common with most people that can see spirits or at least present it in such a way that I'm actually inclined to believe that they're not pulling out of their ass, they all hate it. Because if you saw freaky shit all the time that no one else could, you'd either think you were schizophrenic or at the very least, if you realized it was real, be going a little bit nuts inside. Right, and so they turn it into a new religion. They're they're coming back to the ethnic faith, and we say all the time, we will call it a religion, but then usually there's the qualifier. It's not really a good word, but for a lack of a better description, and that's why. is because it's not actually a religion, but people try returning to the ethnic faith, and what's the first thing that they try doing? Turning it into another religion. Why? Because they still have the slave mentality. They don't understand what freedom actually is. They don't understand. They understand actually the price of it. And if if you're one of those people out there, try to shake it off. It's scary to be free. It is actually scary to be free. You have to do uncomfortable things. Some things that you do is extremely comfortable, but it is. It's uncomfortable. You become people become comfortable in their slavery. Shake it off. Identify it. And that's why I say don't even jump into all this other nonsense first. Whether it's nonsense or not, you have to heal first. You have to be able to identify within yourself and within the rest of our peoples who we are as a people to even begin to build up on it. Don't rush it. It's fine. Stop and heal. And then you can build back up. And then you'll realize... Oh, I don't need the robe. Oh, I don't need the candles. Oh, I don't need the whatever. I might like this, and so I'll do it because I like it. But first, first, you got to heal. And the best way to, to heal is stop, stop following the path of the slave, pretty much. Learn how to ask questions. Well, and here's one big way that I want to bring this up because it's important. When Christianity moved into pagan areas, at first it started out as just another cult, sort of like the new religion started out as just another subculture, another piece of the culture. Nobody really paid it much attention. 
And then as Christianity moved around and it established a foothold, it deemed paganism basically evil, devil worship, demon worship. And then what happened is the pagans, in some cases, actually played that up specifically to get the Christians to leave them alone. Oh, no, they're worshiping devils up there. I can't go near it. And then eventually, over generation after generation, when most of the knowledge was lost or they had to go even further underground, now sacred areas that were once used for holidays are now used for gotcha or demon summoning. Eventually, the very corruption that was pushed has resulted in basically the contortion, which is now why Satanism, which is an Abrahamic faith, is lumped in with paganism, is because of the level of corruption Christianity issued on many ethnic traditions. And in the modern day, they're doing the same thing, except instead of going after a religion per se, the one could argue that they have, with Wicca going after paganism and all these other things, contorting things to what they think, they're going after Europeans, Hyperboreans, whiteness, period, their original sin. And if you've noticed something, it's that people tend to behave online in a near cartoonish manner. You know, they behave like doing the thing that they're told that they do. Yeah, all I was going to say is uh, people that go pagan, they're doing the things that Christians or they're trying to do the things that Christians say pagans do. White people, as they as they wake up, as they go free, they start in a weird parody, doing these things that the that the the mainstream, that the the non-whites say. Oh, all white people do this. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll delve right into that. I'll just jump in, and that's what I'm going to be. And it becomes like the Lord Keeper said, really cartoonish. Well, for instance, people that want to go to tradition, instead of looking, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years in the past and trying to bring these actual traditions to the future or recognizing where they still are and giving more life to them, they go to, you know, the 1950s because that has a positive sort of nostalgia vibe and everyone ends up acting like they walked out of a Norman Rockwell painting. You got your Betty Crockers and your Dan the Mans or whatever they you could call the sort of people. And it's the same thing with people that become that wake up to the differences between the races. Because what do white people do to the other races? Well, they do what Hollywood shows us doing. And that doesn't help anything. You're behaving exactly like they claim we did. Right, exactly. You're reinforcing them through through the actions of some somebody that does this. Exactly what it is that we're talking about. You're reinforcing the the message of our enemies. They are saying, oh, you guys are so mean. We leave, so we start being mean, and then we're just reinforcing what they just said. It, it's a horrible, horrible way to go. And then what you're talking about with the 1950s and the, the Norman Rockwell and the Betty Crockers, there's also the people that they do look at the, the ancient past, and hey, bravo, that's great. But then they act like they're in the ancient past, which is something else that they say is, you guys are a bunch of LARPers. I can see why they say that when you you dress like and you try to talk like and basically you do everything that you can to imitate somebody that was alive 5,000 years ago. Well, not even alive 5,000 years ago. Alive 5,000 years ago or 500 years ago on a TV show. Yeah. Because people don't try to behave like actual Scandinavian people would have been when they were pagan. They behave like the Vikings TV show. Right, because there's n nothing wrong 
there's nothing wrong with traditional clothes. And if you like that kind of thing, that's, that's fine. But find, uh, as far as some of the other things go, um, find like the antlered one or like, uh, the Lord keeper was saying, find the things in and current life that celebrations, whatever that reflect these things and breathe more life into them. Maybe even show some, some of the older things and bring it up to date so that people can appreciate it. Now we're not alive 50 years ago, 70 years ago, a hundred years ago, we're alive now. But that doesn't mean that we can't take the best stuff from then and bring it now. But don't pretend that you live back then. Well, that's all tradition is. It's it's uh, it's bringing it with us. It's the tending of fire, not worshiping of ashes. Yes. We are continuing stuff, and the fire is not the same shape. It's not the same height all the time. But the ashes are still the ashes of what once burned. There's nothing wrong with liking something, say, from the 1950s and bringing it to the modern day. There's nothing wrong with liking something from the Viking era and bringing it to today or recognizing where it still is and bringing it back. But we have to stop allowing people, uh, allowing the Hollywood, allowing these illusions of what we once were to define who we actually were and who we are. Well, yeah, basically stop letting our enemies tell us who we are. Stop behaving the way that our enemies tell us that we behave unless, you know, we're controlled because they actually come around and say that now. If white people aren't controlled, they do this. If white people aren't controlled, they do that. If white people aren't controlled, they do this other thing. Stop letting them tell us how we behave. The best parts of society are, in my opinion, are from us. The, the things that, that people like about anything modern, that comes from us. Uh, the, the, the sense, or, or the things even that's missed. Because like if you live in an urban area, you do not feel comfortable leaving your doors unlocked. But we understand at one time we used to be able to leave our doors unlocked. Why? Because that was us. We were relatively trustworthy. And then if somebody broke broke the rules, we didn't need Sheriff Bob to come find out who it was. The entire community would find out who it was, which is why nobody broke into somebody's house because the entire community was watching out for each other. These, these are the things that we are, not these things that our enemies say that we are. Well, it's like you brought that up. In Arania, people straight up leave their keys in the car, in the ignition, not even just on the seat. In the ignition, uh, Orania is an all-white town in South Africa. I'm not even sure if it's still standing with how crazy stuff's getting over there. Um, but this is, it's one of the reasons I'll speak against temples. I understand the desire to build something that makes Notre Dame look like a child's toy project just to sh show just what we're capable of. You don't think I wouldn't like to make like the God of War 4 tears temple real? That shit looked awesome right but so many of our people have this um so many of our people have are still possessed of the the slave mentality they would do with it exactly what our enemies say that we would do with it why because they've been told that's what we're going to do with it so it's 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 horrible that this it's not good for us well, and temples in the Roman Empire and the Greek Empire, they were actually for the, if the god was traveling, to rest there. That's why, like, travelers could rest at these places. People didn't typically worship at it. 
no, that's not what their main thing was. And here's the thing is, we instinctively have groves. We instinctively go to the forest for spiritual purposes. We instinctively have wayside shrines, shrines in important places where people died, where magic happens. We instinctively build these, even if it's just a pair of shoes and a photograph of a loved one. We will do what we can to mark something as important to us. These things we do instinctively. We do not instinctively build temples. We do instinctively build pretty awesome shit, though. And here's the thing is, if you want a temple to a god of medicine, build a a a hospital and do it in the olden way where you had like your neighborhood doctors and if people seriously needed help, they could go to the temple of Asclepius. And it was pro bono work because it was a religious rite. The people who stayed there were, the people who were the priests there were doctors. If you want a place of knowledge, museums and libraries to gods of knowledge and wisdom, uh, gods of sport and war. First of all, gods of war typically don't have temples because their field is the field of battle. That is one Although of the, today, I guess you could go with a rifle range or an archery. A, a rifle range, a history of war museum, a, a veterans association. Yeah, yeah that's, that's actually true. Veterans association. Which would also tie in with a god of knowledge. Well, uh, Gettysburg, for instance, that is a basically a sacred space in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with, if we could ever find it, Plymouth Rock. I'm not sure if we found it yet, but... Mount Vernon. Uh, Frick, people go to Praise Land just to be at Elvis's house. We instinctively do these sorts of things. And we're getting pretty close to the end, so I'm going to go ahead and finish up with this. Instead of uh, my normal rallying cry or inspirational thing, I'm just going to read this quote by Albert Camus. Once crime was as solitary as a cry of protest. Now it is as universal as science. Yesterday it was put on trial. Today it determines the law. All right, and then I'm just going to remind everybody, make sure to share the podcast around. Um, I'm sure that there's things that we said that you don't like, but if that's the case, actually think about what it was that we said that you don't like and why it is that you don't like it. It just might have been more true than you care uh, or care to admit. So on that note, man, we got to keep moving forward. We got to work together we have to we gotta we gotta the country's coming out of me we gotta but yeah and until then man we gotta keep your head low and your powder dry we'll see you next time